Hello, and thank you for joining Data Endure for our June Tech Talk session. Uh, as always, I am joined by Shaheen Peruz. I am Kirsten Burke, and we are absolutely delighted today to be joined uh, by John Thompson, who is the global CIO of Writer Affiliated Companies, better known as RAC. Welcome, John. Thank you, Kirsten. It's nice to be here. Nice to and, see you and Shaheen again. And Good to what, see you and have you. What I, better I fear, month? What I better fear, month? Man, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Kirsten. <laughs> don't, you love, don't you love Zoom? I, I, I was do. just going to say, what better month to have a global producer of berries join us then in June, when we're, we're all about the strawberries and the blueberries and the raspberries. Um, you know, John, you've got a great story. You've got an amazing company and we're just delighted to have you join us today. No, thanks. And this is a good time of year. Berries are good for us in general, but they're definitely good at breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks in between whilst we're all working from home, right? So go out and buy the Driscoll's berries. That's how I bet it. There you go. There you go. Well, John, um, we've, we've, uh, been engaged with you and Rack for several years now, and um, just love having you guys as a customer. And you've got a very interesting story just around uh, your company, your brand, um, your global transformation activities, and, and really how security came to play a very important part in that. And so we'd love to just have you spend you know, the first couple minutes just talking about um, you, your role, the company, and, and then we'll take it from there. No, thank you. I'd love to do that. So Again, thank you for inviting me this morning. It's great to be able to participate in this chat. Um, and I am very excited to share my security journey uh, over the last 18 months. Uh, so um, as Kirsten said, my name is John Thompson. I'm fortunate enough to be the global CIO for RAC, which stands for Writer Affiliated Companies. Uh, in September this year, I've been here for two years. Uh, and, and I sincerely say this, I've never enjoyed my job so much as working for, for, for RAC. And, Anyone who checks me out on LinkedIn, I've travelled a fair amount, and, uh, and this has to be uh, probably the best culture I've worked in uh, ever, so it's wonderful. Um, part of that is uh, we are a family-owned business since 1868. Um, it's owned by the Writer family, and, and RAC uh, are proud to be the, the largest fresh multi-berry producer in the world and the leading supplier of all of those fresh berries that you mentioned earlier, Kirsten, strawberries, raspberries, blueberries, and blackberries in all of North America. Um, your viewers uh, will, will know our brand, it's Driscoll's. So uh, Rack are the farming arm, or predominantly the farming arm of that Driscoll's brand. So all of our berries go exclusively to one, one customer, which is Driscoll's, and you'll find those in the, in the shop front. Um, we have a mission for the relentless pursuit of light, our consumers. So it's all about quality and the taste in particular of those berries. And we like to enrich the lives of our employees and the communities we work in. So really giving back to the local communities who we get a lot of those harvesters from. And, and currently we have operations in Europe, Africa, Canada, US, Mexico, Peru, and China. At our peak, we can have over 30,000 employees and peak is kind of these last few months that we've been interested. Um, so with, with those 30,000 and the journey that we'll talk about in a second, we have a significant cyber security footprint or, or, or threat, I suppose, to manage now, given that digital footprint that extends across all of those geographies, but all the way into the farms in each of those geographies with those harvester applications and some of the IoT devices that we have, have deployed. So it's a very exciting space. Agriculture is certainly not dull and boring. It's very much uh, involved with technology. 
John, one of the things um, I've spent uh, battling for the last uh, 20 years of my career is the, the old school notion that uh, you can't go wrong if you pick Big Blue. Um, so you pick one of the giant players in the industry and they're going to be, you, you, you won't lose your job. They're going to do you right and they'll take care of you. And I've spent my career trying to prove that wrong. <laughs> and uh, I feel like I've, uh, I've accomplished that over the last two decades. Um, can you talk a little bit about your, um, your journey with us specifically? Because we were not the biggest player that was in front of you as we were going through the cycles, through the sales cycles. And you ended up selecting us as your partner. Um, can you talk a little bit about what that meant to you and, and what your decision process was around um, the, the type of company you were looking for and why you selected a company like Data Indoor? Yeah, well, let me start first a little bit just before that in terms of that why, why security is so important for us. When I, when I joined um, nearly two years ago now, we, we, we did have a security smart ring, but based in the infrastructure team. And the, the guys were doing the best job that they could possibly do. But as we decided on the strategy with the, the, the executive management team in terms of that digital transformation and bringing a lot of those applications to the front line, it became clear and paramount that we needed a, a much better security profile and, and increase our maturity very, very quickly. Um, so with that in mind, um, we... I think my journey with Data Endure started a few months before I actually started with, with RAC. Uh, I attended a seminar and, uh, and I met some of the Data Endure team at that seminar. Um, they obviously left an impression in my mind because at the point that we decided we needed to go out there um, and look for, for a potential partner, uh, Data Endure were on the list to start with, as were some of the big, big boys and girls in town as well. Shaheen, you know, you, you, it's kind of like an insurance policy, right? If I go with one right. of the ones, the board and the executive as well, at least you tried your best, kind of. That's not always true. And, and certainly at RAC, I mentioned that culture that, that's really important to us. And, and we were looking for a, for a company that, were, that, that mirrored um, our values and, and, and our culture. Um, and so I think some of the conversations that we had, the initial conversations she had, um, it, it sort of demonstrated that, that Data Endure did have the end customers in mind. So for us, it's our end consumers, but the communities and our people. Um, you're a, a smaller family-owned business as well as, as, as we are. And I, I think, um, you know, through those discussions, it, it just hit that tone that, hey, this is a kind of, of, of company that we'd like to work with. So we did do our due diligence and a number of other um, partners as well. Um, but I think if I would sum it up in, in, in my mind, I, I did want, actually wanted a company with a smaller scale. So someone where we would be recognized uh, and we're not just a, another customer or a part of their revenue number. Um, I wanted executive connections in case I needed urgent attention. Uh, I wanted a cost-effective solution that provided all of our operational and technical requirements. Um, and I, I, I wanted, and this is really important, um, I wanted a flexible arrangement uh, initially um, because at that point in time, I hadn't, we hadn't rack appointed our head of cyber security. So I needed to give that person, whoever that would be in the future, the flexibility to, to make that final decision around um, partnership with, uh, with Data Endure. And of course, we went through all of that and Data Endure, um, we signed, we signed uh, a, a one-year uh, contract with you at the time and um, our cybersecurity lead joined, Hugo, and um, he's worked with you very closely now for the past nine months and uh, 
and I, I think you know the signing of a, of a new three-year agreement sort of is testament to uh, to the working relationship that we've developed over the last year. And it's uh, I, I would say that for us it's reciprocative in that we love working with people in a similar culture and trying to accomplish. You know the the key here is for us. Um, it's what we do isn't rocket science. It's important to get all the right pieces and parts together and integrate them and make sure you're looking at the right telemetry to find the bad actors, but it does take time and it takes you away from, you know, what's core to your business and what's differentiates you from your competition. And, you know, we, we equally have tried to differentiate ourselves against the competitive landscape here. And, and to your point, um, we, we thank you for the renewed, uh, confidence in our capabilities and our services and to help you globally secure your platform. Let, let's talk a little bit about that because John, when you started out the conversation, you know, you joined Rack um, with a very specific mission and, and goal uh, in terms of um, what you were going to do across this global landscape. And you had mentioned that cybersecurity um, kind of became front and center to you as you started, you know, peeling the layers of, of the onion, uh, not to bring a vegetable into the mix, but there you go. So, you know, talk to us about what was going on and, you know, you're a very distributed organization already. And, you know, I'm sure with what we see from all the threat vectors out there today, you know, that's a big, that's a big deal um, for, for your business. So, so tell us a little bit about what the challenge looked like. Look, I think you, you've hit the nail on the head um, when we talked about uh, it's not our core business. Our core business is to grow the best tasting berries in the world, and that's really our focus. So um, in terms of that, that mandate and, and sort of taking the, the company on the digital transformation, uh, so we needed a security operation, we needed security frameworks, we needed something that we would um, have the expertise to do ourselves. And indeed, even if we had the funding to do that ourselves and set up and establish all of that security operations center, there is so much change and threat, threats and vulnerabilities change. Keeping on top of that as a smaller organization is just not, it's just not feasible. So, you know, having, having a great partner that would work with us, the threat landscape is truly global uh, and it's right down to, the, to that front line. And one thing that I've learned a lot over this last 18 months of the threat landscape has, has increased new, uh, immensely. It, it's really around keeping those front lines safe. And a lot of that is around communication to that front line. So the way that Hugo now and the team work is we look after all of that monitoring and you've done a lot of hard work there in terms of how you monitor and how we've filtered some of those alerts now so that only the real critical alerts are coming through to, to Hugo and his team 24-7. And Hugo's actually been able to spend a lot more time with our front line to actually train them on what 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 look like how can you pick it up why should you or, or should you not connect click on links that you might get in uh in the text message so again it's, it's sort of this is information we give to our front lines huge for us but also they can take that into their personal lives as well uh, with their personal email they can they can detect then potentially a threat email so we're spending a lot more of our time sort of communicating and training our frontline teams which hopefully makes it even more safe with you doing all the monitoring in, in, in the background so it's, it's a, it, we had to go here. We, we really had to go here. Our security maturity was very low uh, in, in initially. We needed to improve that. The, um, uh, one of the challenges we had up front was uh, 
the you had a very aggressive timeline to go live <laughs> and yeah. uh and you know knock on wood today we were we were able to meet that timeline um but uh can you talk about uh, uh one of the i think value propositions when you're looking at a um, service provider like us is the ability to ramp quickly. And you mentioned that at the beginning. Can, can you talk a little bit about that timeline and the, the aggressive nature of it and what some of the decision process was that made it have to be moved so quickly? Yeah, and I think from, from the moment that we did sign the contract um, chain, our teams worked very collaboratively together. I think jointly we agreed on a 30-day time frame to, to go live. I think we all agree that that was pretty aggressive from both aspects, from, from my organization as well as yours. Um, Absolutely. But, but we did. We worked collaboratively. And on day 30, we, we were live. Okay, there's still quite a bit of work that we need to do in terms of then learning and filtering alerts and putting some of the, the processes in place between the two groups. Um, but we, we hit it through working collaboratively. And what can I say? Wow, be careful what you wish for, because once we flipped <laughs> on that switch, the amount of data that we were then, that, that the data and duty was sharing with me and my team, um, it was quite um, quite overwhelming, shall we say. Um, and, and but, but having that data allowed us as two organizations to focus on what's really important. Um, I think, you know, if I reflect now on that last 18 months aggressive rollout, working collaboratively together, it, it was the right decision to, to implement a security operations center with, with data in, in Jura. Uh, Hugo and the data engineer team have done a, a, a great job. Um, and we do have, a, I do have exposure through our audit committee into the board, and they are very keen to, to know what we're doing. So uh, some of those, um, those uh, statistics that we do, I don't present those to the board, but I can share things with them that we've moved from what we think is a 30% maturity to right now to be at a 40% maturity and we use a formal process to, to do that. And we're really uh, on track for our journey 50% maturity um, for, for the end of, of, of this year. Um, I can confidently say that we're in a much healthier cybersecurity position than, than we ever have been and we need to given the digital footprint that we, we, we now have. I think um, what, what's really good testament to this, um, and this is probably the only stats I'll throw out, but, um, this year alone, there's been 116 million events that, that we've detected, we, security operations center have detected. 156 of those have required investigation, and only two of those have actually led to a confirmed incident, but both of which we jumped on quickly as a, as a, as a group, your team, my team. Uh, we caught both incidents early, and there had been no uh, no impact to, to, to the business or, or our data. Um, it, it was a fantastic outcome. So we're, we're very confident uh, that we need to continue to evolve and we need to make sure that we manage those vulnerabilities. Um, we, we have seen a reduction uh, by about 70% overall vulnerabilities that we had when we started 18 months ago to where we're at now. And we continue to stay on top of that as we move through again with that close working relationship. Um, yeah, I, I do positively think that had we not hired Hugo and joined you, those two incidents that did get through could have uh, may not have been as well maintained. It could have been pretty disastrous for us. Yeah, it's been it's been a pleasure working with your team. It's uh, working with other practitioners in the space is is really helpful for us because it's easier to get from 
a identification and investigation of an incident to being able to really be able to respond to something and stop it in its tracks. Um, we have a lot of this space, this managed security services space, uh, the, you know, the competition calls themselves SOC or SOCAS or Manage SOC or MDR. There's all kinds of acronyms out there for, for what it is we try to accomplish. Um, you mentioned two things in, in that last uh, bit that, uh, number one, when we started up, there was a influx of information. And um, one of the challenges that I think that we've had is we have we've gone into customers and we end up winning those relationships over, but we've gone in and they, they have a very bitter taste in their mouth from another player in the space that, you know, they became a help desk triage of events and that was it. So they saw the event, they sent it to the team and the team had to really do the investigation and discovery. Um, you mentioned something that I think is important. A lot of players won't do the proactive side. They just do the reactionary. I see events, I'm going to send them, there's a problem. Um, without too much more thought than that. Some are better, some are worse, but but generally speaking, that's what the space has become. Um, when you talked about the influx of data in the beginning, we, we have a, we lovingly call it the honeymoon phase ourselves. It's the first 90 days we go live and it's uh, the number of events um, that get passed along are higher, but the intent of that, that honeymoon phase is to learn each other and learn your environment and, and then fine tune it down to what are meaningful events. But in also in parallel to that, the proactive side of what we offer is we do the penetration testing every month and we do the vulnerability, continuous vulnerability assessment. And part of that is about, and what, what I love about what Hugo has been able to do is as we give him those reports, we continuously see the vulnerability numbers coming down. And it's kind of like the, the here in the Bay Area, the Golden Gate Bridge is the biggest thing. And we see people all year long painting the Golden Gate Bridge part of the year they're going in one direction and when they get to the end they go back and they start again and they're back at the beginning and coming all the way around and patching and closing security gaps is just like that it's a never-ending job but um, what we try to do is we try to put in front of you know our customer teams the the things that are most important to patch first so prioritization and classification of here's the biggest threats here's the ones that the hackers are going to take advantage of first and then in parallel to that, we also run the security controls validation, which is testing those controls to see if we use the tactic techniques and procedures that hackers do, would they be able to penetrate your environment? And can you talk a little bit about, you know, how you talked about your maturity level coming to 50%, at the, approaching 50%, but while tools and technologies are a part of that, that, that painting of the bridge is a significant part of that. Can you talk a little bit about um, what we've been able to help in that space to help you close those gaps, if you will. Yeah, it's an interesting one because uh, I do believe that security operating, while we refer to it as a security operations center, it's not a center, it's the process. It's the, it's the heartbeat that, that sits behind those alerts and then the process that you follow. It's okay detecting a threat, but what then do you do with that threat? And as you said, how do you manage it? Some of those players just hand it over the defense to, to, to my team and then deal with it ourselves. Now, we have a lot more proactive uh, relationship with you there where we, we do that filtering. You look into it, give some first in and then pass to us with, with some insight for, for our team. So I think it really is um, the benefit. Of it's, it shouldn't be viewed as a center, as a standalone unit and then a department. 
it's a process, it's inherent, it's, it's important, it's the heart of sort of that whole way that data traverses our, our in and out of our, our network. Uh, and for me, as you said, I, I mentioned we've decreased our vulnerabilities by 70%, but we always will have some vulnerabilities because patching is really, you know, the vendor patches come out on the cycle. We can start to see that cycle now where my, our vulnerabilities go up a little bit every three months and then they drop back down again. But we, as you said, we make sure we have no critical, very few high um, high vulnerabilities left. The majority are in the sort of the, the, the really low or the moderate that, that don't really post too much of a security threat, but we know they're there and we'll get to them. But the, the critical and the, and the high threats we deal with straight straight away. Um, and, and of course, like you said, it's like painting the, the Golden Gate Bridge. It's a process. It's continuous service improvement to, to talk about it in sort of process management words. And that's what we have to continue to do. The sophistication of the threats that we're seeing there now, and it's being depressed a lot now with some, some two, two very high profile recent uh, issues where malware was, was pushed out and ransom was, uh, was, was paid, right? Um, we've got to uh, avoid that. So we can't take our eye off, off that continuous service improvement across of painting, I like the analogy of painting the Golden Gate Bridge, we just got to get, stay on top of it um, as much as we can. It's, a, it's also reminds me of hiking with my dad when I was young. We'd be hiking and he would say, I'd say, are we almost there? And he'd say, it's just around the bend. And we'd go around the bend and then he'd, he'd, I'd say, we went around the bend. He said, yes, just around the bend. And it was always another bend. <laughs> and, uh, it's out of, out of sight, out of mind, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, that's the patching is exactly the same story. Yeah. Um, so, I, Kirsten, you look like you're about to say something, and I'm I, I'm monopolizing time. That, that's did I right. cut you off? <laughs> I, you you didn't cut me off, but I was thinking. So so you did see the wheels spinning. Um, it, it, it's just been interesting hearing John talk. Um, just being in this space, of course, we hear a lot, we see a lot, you see a lot of statistics and data, and um. John, what you've been able to do within RAC is I think what so many leaders um, like you are trying to do that, you know, you spent all this money on tools. In theory, the tools you've bought are working, working yet surveys will say over 50% of leaders like you are uncertain whether what you're doing is really gonna hold up when push comes to shove. And so what you've been able to implement between your third-party relationships, you know, like a data endure and having very strong people, you're able to test and affirm on an ongoing basis that what you have is working. So it's not kind of the, yep, I went out and bought the tools and, and you know, hopefully they stand up when something happens. You've got the insight and the intelligence to tell you. And like you said, you know the things that you're going to set aside and say, nope, not important yet. But, you know, having help finding those needles in the haystack, you know, bringing you down from millions to hundreds to two, right? That value, that time value and that focus value for your team, I think you have been able to implement what so many people would hope to, yet they're not quite there yet. Yeah, it's really important to link, as we said, that the people with the process and the system. So I, I call you there in terms of our process in the security operations center. Now there's technology and there's people behind that as well. But that process, it then translates into our people. I'm not talking about my IT team, I'm talking about the business. That awareness of how they can limit those number of threats or vulnerabilities is really important. That's where Hugo and his team sort of fo focus on that. And yes, Hugo does have a, a number of other tools 
and systems that's in place that, that sit alongside the security operations center to keep us all secure. So yeah, I'm a real sort of proponent that it shouldn't be just considered as, as a vendor relationship or a center that sits over there. It's actually embedded in the in, in the DNA of what the business is. And, and with, with Data Endure, we've got that now uh, working with Hugo across our people and, and our other systems that keep us safe every day. Mm -hmm. So, John, I gotta say those those oh. berries behind you are making me hungry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, they look very good. They do. They do. Sorry, Kirsten. I, I was just going to ask John, um, you know, you've had a great deal of experience both at RAC and, and elsewhere. Um, as we start to close down our time together, what would you share if you had one piece of advice or insight? Um, you've got likely some of your peers listening uh, to this segment. Um, what, what would you share as a, as a piece of advice or takeaway? I think it's, it's very short and sweet. Two, two dot points or two sentences. If you're not already on a cybersecurity journey, you probably, um, with the number of threats, vulnerabilities that's out there, it's only a matter of time now before um, you know, we see the hackers are moving from those, those big financial organizations to pretty much anybody that's out there. There's, there's ransom to be paid from anybody, right? Data is critical moving forward. Uh, so if you're not on that journey, you probably need to rethink your strategy there and start on that journey. And for those that are on the jury, uh, as we have been, um, there was a big wow moment for, for us when we got those first reports through. So if you are on that journey, don't be afraid. Uh, be ready for those inevitable surprises, but use that data, use that wealth of learning, um, as we did with, with our relationship, to, to, to really quickly move from that maturity. We moved from 30 to 40 really quickly. Um, and then we, we're now plotting that journey to 50 and indeed 60% for next year by just small incremental pieces of work now, which take a little bit longer. And that's their sort of collaboration and communication with, with our people within the organization to how they can help keep us safe. So yeah, um, you should be if you're not on the journey. And once you are on the journey, don't be afraid of all that data that comes in. There's a lot you can do with that to make sure that, uh, that your people and your data are safe. John, I think there's um, there's something that I'd like to tease back a little bit. You've mentioned um, the the maturity level, the percentage of maturity you feel you're at today. And to your peers listening, I, I think it's important to tease that back um, because when somebody hears you know 30% maturity, they think unprotected. And um, and and I think it's I you are um, you have never been in the whole time we've met, even from the beginning, unprotected. Mm -hmm. um, you had, as Kirsten said, you had the tools, technologies, services. Um, can you talk a little bit about when you say maturity, what you mean specifically? Because it's, it's you've, you've hinted at it um, throughout the conversation, but I think to be a little more explicit. So what I don't want um, folks listening to feel uh, is that, you know what, I don't have all the tools I need, but you know, he started at 30, so I'm okay. Yeah, and it's about that journey, and, and it's, and it's yeah. about the risk that your business is prepared to take as well. So we have a heat map that we present again to, 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 to our board. Um, Hugo introduced um, the NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technology, in, into, uh, into RAC, and we use that really as our framework of governance model, in, in effect. Um, and so they, they split into five areas, and that's identify, protect, detect, respond, and recover. So we're able to measure our maturity against each of those five pillars. 
and there's various elements that stick in, in those five pillars. So there, there, there's governance uh, at one end um, and, and policies, and at the other end is just the day-to-day -day operations. But certainly in terms of respond and recover, it's the less sexy part. It's where you put in your business impact analysis, you look at your business continuity. The real fun bit is the bit that we do review. It's about that identify, protect, and detect. So we get all of those millions of alerts and what's actually uh, going to hurt us and how do we get the engineers uh, on, on them dealing with that together. That's the fun stuff, right? But, but right. It, it, it covers the whole spectrum. And we have a we, we have still an 18-month plan that we've yet to deliver that we've committed to. And of course, that 18 months will then turn into another 18 months and another 18 months. We're doing it in small bite-sized chunks that's looking at the, the risk capital of our business, tying that into sort of that capital investment or investment that we need to achieve those outcomes. And then how can we deliver that uh, as, as an ongoing um, practice within, within my company, with our partners. So for our listeners, you know, the, the, I hear what I hear you saying is that it, it is less about the tools and technologies, although some of the standards explicitly say, some of the controls explicitly say you should have endpoint security, you should have log aggregation, you should have, those are the simple ones. Um, but this maturity level you're talking about is much more about the processes and procedures and the evaluation of the things that you have implemented. Yeah, um, absolutely. That's exactly right. And then it's it's good to we every six months, which is why I knew we're 30, 40, we're on our track 50. We actually go there and, and, and audit it ourselves. So we do it internally. And then at the end of the year, we get someone else to come in and audit to confirm that we have reached where we hope to or not. Uh, yeah, we take it really seriously. It's a really important part of the whole business, not just of IT. Thank you for that. Yeah, I, I could. I couldn't I agree more. Say, pretty, pretty remarkable that all of that <laughs> needs to go into growing and delivering berries, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, did, did the Ryder family ever think 150 years ago that this would be something that they're, they would have to be able to figure out how to do well in their organization? Probably not then, but they are they're heavily involved in the business on a day-to-day -day basis. So, um, so they, they, they were pivotal in, in signing off the strategy that I derived with the, the business when I first started. And they were very, very happy to support the, uh, for, for us, significant investment in this cyber area. So no, I don't think in 1868 they would have envisaged this, um, but certainly with some of the tools and technology that we've used to help automate that whole efficient process from actually, it's a manual process. We can pick all those barriers. There's no way around that. You try to do something with that. Uh, not technology, but uh, uh, a big tool there that can actually shape the uh, the blueberries, for example, the blueberries and the blueberries drop off, you will lose quality. So for those uh, in, in the supermarkets, we don't do that. They're all hand-picked. So uh, that's really expensive to do. So we need to make sure that uh, as they're picked, the rest of it is as automated and efficient as possible. Technology played a lot bigger role than we have house now. Absolutely. Back in the 1800s, ransomware meant something entirely different, I think. <laughs> yeah, a lot more scary, I think. <laughs> yes, well, John, indeed. John, we thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it's, it's just great having you. It's great hearing your story. And of course, we absolutely love your company and your product. So, um, so thank you. For yeah. breakfast, lunch, yeah. and dinner. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> to chat to you like this. Okay, and uh, thanks to all of you for viewing and we will see you again next month. Thank you.